As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! And tame, and tame again. Crank up the music! Charge your glass! This nation is going to dance all night! The art of hugging random strangers in the midst of post-goal ecstasy. A deep dive into the occupational hazards of stadium PA announcers. The intellectual property rights of player-specific football chants. Why Turf Moor is the most perfectly named ground in the Premier League. Apocalyptic scenes on Wembley Way and Luke Shaw as Bakayo Saka's stepdad. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 129 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all is Charlie Eccleshare. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Let's... Well, we have to play this, don't we? Because it's it's the natural conclusion to everything we've been talking about for the last 10 days or so. Thanks to Alexander Ward, who had the uh, wherewithal to to put together the Serie A commentary that we know and love with the Les Mis soundtrack. For these they will wet themselves they with blood. Watch them run amok. It's a shot away. Never know your luck. When there's a free for all. Here's a little dip. You were right. It does work perfectly. Yes, this genuinely has like made my made my year so far. The the, the really funny thing is though, and this is a critique on the uh, which I've always felt felt about Les Mis. It is quite a repetitive score. Right. The actual bit I was talking about was from a different song, but so much of Les Mis is repeated that it works just as well there. And it, it yeah, it's so good. So thank you for doing that. It's, yeah, uh, I was hoping someone would do the splicing that I was talking about. Yeah, I just um, don't have the technical skills. And also, I hate musicals, so I didn't want to do it. Thanks to Alexander Ward. Anyway, joining us for Mesut Harland Dicks today is sports presenter and England's 27th man at the Euros. It's Josh <laughs> Denzel. How are you? <laughs> What's happening, guys? Uh, yeah, this, this 27th man thing is, is, is gone further than I expected it to. It started off as a bit of a joke and it ended up with uh, me being derided on Twitter, but we, no, we make it work. I genuinely thought Gareth Southgate was going to just accidentally bring you on at one point. <laughs> that's that's just how close you got. It's a, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. Did you did you think, Josh, when you got called up as 27th man, it was a wind-up in the, in the way that most uh, players called up? I, I just thought, you know, I thought the lads were winding me up. <laughs> genuinely, like, because we've been working with England for, for, for a while... And you always know it's in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, as long as I get to a tournament, you know, it's, it's like when you play all the friendlies. Like you play Liechtenstein and you play Macedonia. You think as long as I, as long as I get in that squad, I'm happy. So yeah, when that when that conversation <laughs> happened, I, I genuinely I was like running around. Like, yeah, I didn't get the text from Gareth 
It was from <laughs> uh, from one of the media team team at England, but it, it was about the same reaction. Oh, I love the fact that it happens basically in exactly the same way. This is wonderful. This is going even further than I expected. Mm. If he if he had accidentally brought you on against like Scotland or whatever, where where are you slotting in in this in this England team? Utility right back. I feel Good. like that's that's me. I think I've got the look of a League One right back. That's that that's <laughs> me. You know, at, at thirty now. Is is my knees aren't the same. I've got not. I never had much pace, but I feel like I could do a job. I can't believe you you preempted a line from feathering along the podcast. This is wonderful synergy already. Fantastic. Anyway, yes, you're here for Meza Harland Dix. This is where our guest picks three things that fascinate them about football and three things that irritate them too. Let's kick off with your first love of football. First one is the train, the plane, or the car journey to an away game. There's, there's, there's nothing better. I want you to explain this, because to me, a fair-weather fan, it all sounds massively knackering from start to finish. No, it's, it, the thing is, when you go when, when you go to a home game, like I'm an Arsenal season ticket holder, I've been Arsenal season ticket holder for... For your since 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 I, yeah since since I can remember since the good old days we'll call yeah, them sure. and not that it gets tiring but you know I only live I probably live about five minutes walk from from Highbury and about seven minute walk from the stadium so I do the same walk all the time but when you're like when you go into uncharted territory and you've got your mates and you've got you've got those people that you only ever see. Right on away games, and and it's the strangest collection of people. It's like the best and the worst of humanity on the way to <laughs> to a far flung corner of the country. And you're, you 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 either you, you link up at Euston and you're on a train, and it feels like you're going on a mission. You know, yeah. it's it's like it's like you you're going and you're in exploring. It's like there's you meet up in the station. It's like nine a.m. And, and for some reason, it's, I don't know why, but in trains, you know, in airports, it's okay to drink at nine a.m. It's okay to drink at six in the morning. It, it's like time suddenly stops. It's like so you go there and you meet up in the pub and it's like some dodgy Weatherspoons and and you're just you're people watching and mm. you're thinking how how are we all interested in the same thing. And it's like that sense of community that you don't you don't really get anywhere else. So you you sat on the train or you sat in Luton Airport going to an away game that you think you're, you're definitely going to lose, especially in Champions League. I don't I think I've seen us win once, but there's still that thing we can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, sweet. And so it's like, it, it's yeah. I mean, the glamour is like five Carling cans, you know, sat on the train. You're you're you're, you're fighting some six foot four burly man to uh, to get a, <laughs> get a seat at one of the tables rather than when sat as a two with, with someone completely random. But I used to go with my dad. And it was it was a nice, you know, when when you get older, you don't see your parents as much. But every single week, you know, I mean, I go if we're going home and away, that that was the time when I got to see got to see my dad, and we'd catch up about about all things, and we'd always have the same moaning conversation about Arsenal. We haven't bought a centre mid that mm-hmm. that, could, that could replace Vieira since Vieira. So it, it was just a nice way, and it's like two hours of like uninterrupted time where it's nothing else really matters. It's like cool, the people that you're with right now. The, the the game's coming up regardless whether you think you're gonna win lose or draw it's mm-hmm. just it's that sense of community and that that sense of you you're you're one you know what i mean you're, you're you're a single unit going up somewhere into enemy territory not not that it's it's not green street you know what i mean but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's, it it felt that way it felt like you were there for a common purpose and it's you don't get that a lot these days you, you mentioned the boozing aspect here but i feel like I'm trying to get my head around the the marathon nature of this. There must be an element of pacing yourself in every sense, like the boozing, obviously. But like, if you're seeing these people all the time on all these away trips, surely, surely the you know whole what? thing gets tiring after a while. Have, do you have anything left to say to each other when you're on the way back and you're on the yeah, final so the, leg the, of the, the journey way back, back? The is, jokes is... must have worn thin by then, Josh. But there's always something to talk about. There's always something that's happening in the game. There's always, but also I, there was something that I, I I feel like is a is a syndrome. I don't know if any other away fans feel this, but you get away day delirium. But like on the way back, because you, it's so exciting and you've done so much screaming and shouting, you've had a, you had a few to drink. You've probably had you know chips and curry sauce in the ground, and you come back and your mind isn't the same. You know, yeah. you end up having the most random, confusing conversations with people because. I think your your brain's gone through a lot, especially you know when when you when you're trying to you're trying to justify the fact that you've gone up to you know you gone up to Manchester I've, the eight two that I was there for is unfortunate. Oh, right. You're trying to justify the fact that you spent you know half your week's wages mm. on a train ticket uh, <laughs> and and you spent ninety minutes watching your team get battered with with some a strange group of people. You end up talking about the most random things, and it's never like it's sometimes it is politics, but people have conspiracy theories about everything. You know, you come back from Liverpool, and people going, "Oh, they had a five G towers that are giving people coronavirus," and <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know what I mean, you talk depth. about how, how strange air travel is. Like, oh, we shouldn't be up here, mate. It's like you know, four and a half tons. <laughs> you're thinking, no, mate, you're you're not a scientist, lad. Like, I'll, I'll, 
I'll leave it. I'll leave it to the professionals. But you do. You have the strangest conversations with people that you'd never usually speak to. I do think, like genuinely, and it sounds like overstep. But those away trips because they they go through a whole day, and like you say, you do kind of you run the full. Uh, gauntlet of emotions it does feel almost like a kind of metaphor for life because you have this thing where it, because you get to see the hangover in real time it's all part of the same day so like <laughs> it's very unusual you you, you have a hangover you, if it's like the early game especially you're kind of hung over at like 4 or 5 p.m it's a really strange thing and you have like with a, a night out or something you have the the pre-drinks before you go out you have all the excitement of like what's going to come this you know this could be really really fun then you have the game which is kind of the night out but then rather than getting to go to sleep that <laughs> your sleep is just kind of sitting in a comatose state uh on the train or the flight home and as you say you do kind of um you're then in a very different space i mean i remember once as uh when i was quite young coming back from a crushing defeat uh <laughs> it was on a coach oh yeah and as yeah, if yeah, as if Mar- like it was one like the, one of the you know and everyone just feels sick and it's horrible and to cheer us up the coach driver put on a video of jim davidson and it was oh. genuinely one of like the lowest moments of my it was like <laughs> there's no escape like this is the worst day ever and you just put a video a video vhs of jim davidson on for the next that three does hours sound like the worst thing why is it honestly, why is it that coaches that they always i remember being on the way back from a, a newcastle game it was on monday night we we draw nil nil and I had college the next day right and we got the coach up there is it and it's it was genuinely an eight hour coach and we on the way back the the drivers of all the DVDs that he had he put on Dirty Dancing and there was just a chorus of booze throughout the whole <laughs> film no that's good like, that's good <laughs> going home entertainment come on it was like two and a half hours of like these burning geezers on the back of the bus going, it's a disgrace it's a disgrace don't put Thierry Henry's best 50 goals for Arsenal <laughs> I know it's such a weird selection like come on know your audience <laughs> and this is pre-phone you can't just be choosing what you want to watch you're a really captive audience and it's yeah uh... do you know what I, th- I thought this was going to be I thought this segment was going to be 10 minutes of chat about the uh, British transport networks and the pros and cons but I'm, 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 I'm pleasantly surprised but we um, we asked our listeners Josh about their most convoluted journeys to away games. Some fascinating answers here. I'll start off with this from Daniel Sims, which gets steadily less glamorous as it goes on. He says, Bradford away. I set off on the school coach in the Alps at 6pm the evening before. Got a friend's dad to pick us up from school in the morning and drive to mine to drop bags, then on to King's Cross, all to see us concede two late goals and lose 2-1. It started off like James Bond, Josh, and then just got worse. (laughs) <laughs> you're thinking he's going to parachute in with like a you, 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 you jack straight in the middle of the ground but you know what's funny that's that's i came back from a ski trip with my university and we got the uh got the ferry from into dover yeah off the coach and my dad picked me up and then we went to southampton away which we also lost and it was like it was when it was like when the start of like the Wenger out brigade like when it was properly starting to, to build it but it was still it was still 50 50 so I come mm. from this nice ski holiday in the Alps. My dad picked me up. We've gone to Southampton away. And as we're leaving, there's like the, it was like partisan. Like 50% of the crowd were like, Wenger's got to go. And 50% were like that old school staunch, like we'll never get any better than him. But they obviously knew. But then there was fights breaking out between Arsenal fans. And I thought, oh, take me back to the slopes. Get me a, get me a malt <laughs> wine. And- <laughs> Jim Davidson and ski trips. I don't know where you two get the energy for this. Um, it, it's on- tough. J- just on this is that now, like going to game, going to away trips to cover them. And obviously I'm just there with my laptop and completely sober. And watching it is kind of fascinating, having been on that side of things. And it's it's like a sort of sociological anthropological experiment especially i had one recently where it was like the west ham fans were up going to one game the spurs fans were going up to another and just seeing over the course of two three hours like the exact same things happening to them so like they kind of get on as you say josh with their cans of lager from euston station and gradually the conversations i'm hearing become more and more optimistic like we could do it today Oh, we can fuck uh, is this the journos or the fans just to be clear <laughs> yeah both is this crossy uh, on the way back talking about 5g <laughs> yeah exactly those those his conspiracy theories but yeah it's just building up and it's like i, f- I fucking fancy us today they ain't they ain't that good city ain't that good you know and it's so fun and just kind of and then they start the chance as we're kind of rolling into the station again like you say this kind of 
enemy territory you know we're going to go and plant our flag in in manchester and, you know, and most of it's quite not that uh, threatening it, it's fairly well intended nah, not at all. <laughs> I, I get the kind of brotherhood aspect and the kind of community spirit but i honestly don't think i could sustain football opinion for eight hours straight i just couldn't do it i absolutely couldn't but, do but it but that is where as josh says it does diverge because i was here it's really funny actually you say about the 5g i was hearing a lot of not 5g necessarily but a lot of conspiracy theories about mm. vaccines about jabs so like once you've exhausted the football stuff yeah yeah i guess it's like reading a paper you're kind of moving from the back pages towards the, the front pages and then you're getting into current affairs <laughs> but all spoken about in a very football way you know in a kind of like johnson's yeah. got to go he ain't got a fucking <laughs> clue mate and it, kind of just... are we gonna get in on a, on a bosman <laughs> oh, yeah God, exactly. transfers as well <laughs> an interim yeah, january's ruined uh, i particularly enjoyed this one uh josh from david mooney he's host of the athletics manchester city podcast why always us he says in 1999 my dad picked me up from a school trip to take me to see Man City play Gillingham at Wembley. We were in Anglesey, so over two days he drove from Manchester to Anglesey to London to Manchester to Anglesey to Manchester. Roughly an 800-mile round trip in 48 <laughs> hours. Thankfully did. Now, this was the, this was the playoff final where they, where they equalised in the sort of last minute to take it to extra time. Uh, Josh, I was imagining, what if they just sort of left early? That would have really rounded off the day. You, 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 hear, those, you hear those stories about leaving early and, and missing like you know, that Liverpool Champions League final against Milan and beat. I don't, I, that's, that's why I never, even obviously like the eight, even the eight, two, I don't, I don't leave early. Just, just in case a miracle happens, just in case. And, and you think, you know, I've, I've spent that much. The, the only time I thought about maybe not even going to the game, I think it was my, the Champions League semi-final against United, Arsenal United at Old Trafford. And I must've been, I must've been about 17, 18. And, uh, Someone offered me two and a half grand for my ticket as I got oh off goodness. the coach, and I thought, "Aye, this two and a half grand for me." Wow. That's like, I mean, I was thinking this this could this could change my life at the time. I thought, <laughs> and I and I, and I still went. And John O'Shea, we, we lost. John O'Shea scored. We lost one 0 and I'm thinking that two and a half grand could have gone there so go, far. Man. That's the only time I thought I leave early. I won't go to the game at least. All you needed then was a bit of Jim Davidson on the coach home and he would have been fine. He I'd would have been, been happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I if I'm getting paid 2500 to watch Jim Davidson, I'd do it, but not a lot <laughs> What a scenario that is. What a scenario that is. I'm going to give the last word here to Joe MH. Uh, Charlie, he says, I got picked up for my grand's funeral in Worcestershire for Torquay Away once. He, he got picked up before it had finished. Uh, or, or, he clarifies that he did go to the event itself. Can't leave early there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't, oh, can't leave your grand's funeral early if it's not yeah. going the way you want. It's one thing leaving a game early. I don't think you can be leaving your grand's funeral. Sorry, no, I've got to beat the traffic. Got to stay loyal right to the end. Right. I mean, but thing is, Josh, I don't think you're going to get you. There's a chance you may not get this pleasure too often soon, because according to a tweet from Chris Kamara a couple of months ago. You're fourteen to one to be the next Soccer Saturday host. I, you know what? I saw someone sent me that tweet, and I thought. Who's putting? Who is who? Which idiot would bet fourteen to one on me? I mean, you know what? It's, it's like a. The thing is, that's a poison challenge. You would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that job is like the greatest job in football, but it's how can you follow Jeff? Like how how? It's, it's David Moyes at United, isn't it? You don't want to be the guy straight after. Let someone come in first. Imagine the uproar. If they had some geezer off Love Island, then soccer oh. Saturday, they, the people would honestly they'd be like pitchforks outside Sky. Like it would, it would, it would be. You know, what? it's a job that I'd love. But even I, I spoke to um, Madders about, like James Madison about, it, and he was like, "Geez, you don't want that job. It's too much stress." I, I like, I, I like to freestyle. You know what I mean? Facts. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm not a big facts person. You know what I mean? I'm more about storytelling. I don't think okay. people would uh, would like me riffing on, on various anecdotes instead of giving them the updates on what's going on in. <laughs> in the prep yeah great story honest, Josh but it is 3-0 at Torquay could you sort of just you know let, let, yeah. let us know about that to be honest I can I can more imagine you popping up on the video printer at the bottom I can sort of imagine Jeff saying MK Dons now two to the good against Portsmouth Josh Denzel with his 17th of the season what a season he's having by the way um, yeah it's, it's just a, you're just a you're just a very footballery name let's, let's be do you know what I'd I, I definitely I'd be more on the on the Chris Kamara like missing goals mm. just because I'm genuinely chatting to random people I promise right. I won't take the job let's hear about your second love of football please the second love of football has got to be hugging random strangers after a goal okay I like this one like I've, what made me when, when you go to football is you have like if you have your season tickets you know you you kind of got the, the people around you that you that you know Right, and that like you kind of see every single week. And behind me at Arsenal are six of the most negative, <laughs> angry old men. You know, they, they, I think when I when I got when we moved to the Emirates, like two thousand and 
six ish, two thousand seven ish. They they were they were about sixty five, and steadily over the next, <laughs> the last you know, whatever twelve years or whatever it may be, they've got more and more angry, and it's it's insane. Like in a shout, if you stand up at any point, you'd be like, people like stand up if you ate Tottenham, and like, the whole stand stands up. They're sat there, they go, get shit down! I can't believe you're missing the game. Like the game's not even kicked off; they're still shaking hands before the game. And I remember I asked Thierry Henry scored a header, and was, I, I, not, my dad's not really a hugger. He's not really a hugging guy. Right. And that goal goes in, and I think it's like the 92nd minute. We win 3-2. And I hug my dad, and we look at each other like, what, hey, hey, what's going on here? I turn around, and this old boy, is, he, he's literally come down about two rows. He's hanging off my back. Oh. Like every, it, it's, it's, those kind of, it's that moment where like, a goal goes in, and it's pure, unbridled joy. You know what I mean? It almost like you're almost in a, in a different universe. And then you kind of come to after about, you know, three, four seconds and you, you look at the person, you you know, you started in in, in row B and whatever, and you, you, you're back up in, you're back up in the gods and you're thinking, well, how, how has this happened? It's like, yeah. there's no moment where you're like, there's no time when you're fully in the moment after like a big goal. And it's just like everyone, it, it's like being at a rave in the nineties in a forest, like everyone loves each <laughs> other for that moment. And then they kind of, dust themselves off and go back to, well, you know, sweet, I think just keep it tight at the back for 10 and it will be all right. I love that that's a threshold for you hugging your dad. That's a, that's a, that's a perfectly <laughs> perfectly good bar for me. But we've established the, the spirit of this. You know, this, this is perfectly fine. I'm completely on board with you this way. But I want to, it would be remiss of this podcast not to get into the technical aspect of what we're talking about here. Now, <laughs> as I say, I'm completely on board with this. I'm a huge turner and hugger after okay. goals. I, okay. um, it, it served me well over the years and I, I'm happy to stick with it. Um, usually, like the way stadiums are designed, you know, if you're one row down, if anything, turning round makes it more conducive to a hug because there's there's no chance of a sort of accidental headbutt. Everyone kind of knows knows what's about to happen, and you sort of you go for the midriff. Yeah, that is the problem, though. At the, at you're not the Emirates, too low for it to be problematic. It's it's like fifty fifty. It depends. It, it depends on on how big they go. If they jump up and you hug them and they're on the top right, it, it, you, you end up either nestling your, your head in their show like a loving embrace or you're at crotch level. So, do you know what I mean? But in the spirit of the moment, it doesn't matter. You know what so, I mean? We're all friends. But once you've, once, you've, once you've clinched and you've made and you've made a connection, a grip, only at that stage, only at that stage, because there's going to be like a half second after that where you have to then establish that they are indeed receptive to the hug. Yeah. And at ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, you know what? I've yeah. never, I've to be, I've been lucky enough to to not ever experience like someone palming you off after I a can't goal. Imagine. Yeah, you'd have to be a real uh, Scrooge for that. The close, the only um sort of mishap, and this was some mishap when I was a kid, <laughs> and this guy just launched himself from like row. He was battered, launched himself from Rosehead, really big goal. Everyone's going crazy, Jesus. and he basically like fell on my mum, knocked her glasses off, and broke them. And it was like a oh, this is suddenly this has turned a really magical moment into something quite sour. He was like so apologetic. He was like oh, you know, I'll get you, write you a check, all of this thing, which dates it. <laughs> check. And it was like, how am I going to drive home? All of this sort of stuff. Oh, no. Did take the gloss off it, but you know, generally. Only upsides. Well, there, there's the, the 0.01% we were talking about. Yeah. Unreceptive, spectacle-wearing mums. <laughs> don't hug them. Don't hug them. You <laughs> just don't know what's going to happen. Dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Right. Josh, let's hear about your third love of football, please. Third love of football got to be just hearing new songs from the fans. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you, when, when you go to a lot of home games, like you hear the same song. It's like, you know what I mean? You, it's the same old, like, we're by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. And then it's like when you... it's You only realise that certain songs exist when when... Like you're in a, you're in an away pub or you go to the pub and someone starts singing. You're thinking, this is incredible. Like how like how is this not how is this not happening? I remember like we went to Liverpool and we'd actually I think Arsenal fans actually stolen the song for I think it's, it's Torres, but it was like it, it was about um, Eduardo I Silva. Torres, Liverpool's number nine. That, oh, yeah, right. and it was like Eduardo Silva. Like, Eduardo Silva, Arsenal number nine. He came to us, Red Henry left Eddie. Eddie, he scored more goals than Darren Ben. Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> and, and it goes on. It goes like it goes. It, it's it, it basically just takes takes the, the the piss out of Spurs, takes the piss out of everyone. And you thinking you would never ever hear like sixty thousand Arsenal fans at home singing these songs. It just it just wouldn't compute. And it's like you, you hear and whenever even like we went to Barcelona away, and I'm like I think I've seen us win away in Europe once, and I've been about fifteen times, and it's it's it's, it's it's unfortunate, but after the European games, they keep you like they keep you there for about two hours afterwards. So you don't go out Watching into Jim Milan Davidson on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's like to stop you clashing with, with rival fans. 
And like, you know, there was at Barcelona, obviously you're up in the gods and uh, there's this, this huge netting goes up and it's like, you can't, you can't get to the away fans, but it's all empty. And people started singing the, the great escape theme tune as people kind of climbed oh. over the, uh, climbed, climbed over the hoardings and managed to escape. And it's like, you get those little bits and bobs where people can make a song out of absolutely anything. Mm. And it, it's, it, you don't get that a lot at home games. And it's like, especially with Arsenal, unfortunately, like atmosphere wise at the Emirates is not, it's not the greatest. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of chopping and changing of fans. Before we explore this, very happy that you went full guns with that chant demonstration. I will not have people come on the Football Clichés podcast with half-baked football chant demonstrations. You gave it your all and I'm happy. So you're even more welcome than you were before. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but Charlie, I, I'm not massively on board with this straight away. I have something I need to address. Ooh. Charlie, there is often a kind of very crucial, often excruciating kind of probation period for, for a new football chant, especially one that may have been stolen from another set of fans, which I'm, I'm slightly uncomfortable with, but I appreciate how these things evolve. Um, and, and in that period, it's a make or break situation for a chant taking hold. Some people might not sort of go with it. It might die a death or will it catch on? And that's a very uncomfortable period for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I find it really interesting. And I, and I um, suggested we did a piece on it, which we did last year on on the kind of how chants start. Yeah. And I find it so interesting how there'll be a moment like with that. Like, Where did it come? You know, the hey, hey, Reza, I want to know. And it, how you scored Half-baked. that goal. Yeah. Half- so, yeah. Hey. Uh, and suddenly every... Uh, Every team was doing that. And in that same way that there was that, we've got Ali, Delhi Ali, I just yeah. don't think you understand. Mm. Where did that suddenly, why did that tune suddenly take hold? And the, um, this is the best trip I've ever been on. I'm fed up with that. And oh, where, where does that, that song. Yeah, I mean, that. I just, it's so weird. And then every club does them. But yeah, you're right. There is the kind of, um, the in-between. And also what's interesting is they get finessed. There will mm. be ones that start doesn't quite land yeah and then by the next home game the away fans have kind of it's you know had a little tinker with it workshopped it and come back and it, and it just pops a little bit more comes down to kind of syllables josh sometimes songs just don't fit but they're intent on stealing it from another team anyway uh, but i'm just i'm fascinated by the process by which you know we we see new chants kind of evolve and, and you, you think to yourself okay well we i've heard another set of fans use that but that's okay that's fine but there's obviously a moment when one set of fans are singing a new song about a player and the opposition fans are sitting there going oh wow this is really good i think we should totally do Love this and that. sort of subconsciously they merge it's a strange one because i don't know what who who starts because it can't be like you don't just start in a pub and you're, you're at an away game and you just think Oh, that's a nice. I mean, you don't just come up with. You're not a producer. You don't come up with a song hmm. and then just go. All right, let let me like squeeze Abamyang's name into this. Like, it must take so much like curation, and you got to get the tune right. And it must that that awkward moment. And I've had it a few times where you go to start like even a well-known song. Oh God! And like, you know what I mean, you're the only one. No one, no no one comes with you on your journey. And you sit there and you think, I'm going to have to finish this. I was going to say, how far do you go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've got to finish it. Oh, you can't just fit it off slowly. It's fair so fair. sad when you hear, like, just the, the volume gradually die in the pub and everyone's yes. looking at you yes. like, who, is, who invited him? This is I, what I separates think... you from the rest, Josh. <laughs> this, is what, this is how the cream rises to the top. Perseverance. <laughs> but I think, Adam, actually worse in terms of awkwardness than the is a new chant landing is when there is that thing of it's like, we've done it once. Do we then go in for a second? Like, it feels like it's it's a natural point, but then a few people do carry on for a second, but it's only a few. And then you're thinking, how long are you going to go with this? Are you going to do the full thing again? Or are you just going to let it peter out? And, <laughs> I hate and, and, to hear, and he, hear a chart peter out. It's, these it's never are big nice decisions. Did you have as well, Josh? I remember at school, people would go to games and claim that they'd started a chant. Ah! It was a real badge of honour. I remember someone I know claiming, literally claiming that he wrote... Um, what was it? The one about uh, Thursday night, Channel 5. Oh, God. Yeah. How dare you claim that? He literally claimed Tottenham he wrote that. Tottenham Arsenal yeah. played at Villarreal. Yeah. <laughs> our school was like, it was it was basically 90% Arsenal because it's like from where like our primary school was. Mm. It was like in the shadow of like the West End. And so it was like, it was 90% Arsenal, but then some like, families who've come from a little bit further out like there was maybe like four Chelsea fans in our school and like maybe 15 15 Spurs fans so obviously like on Derby Day and those kids that had season tickets or their dads had season tickets they'd become it sometimes like you know, we're like 10 years old like nine years old people going oh mate like 
found these Tottenham fans around the corner, and I was like, and you're like, you're like, well, hang on a minute, like, money. It was like Green. It was like Green Street. Like, they, they were talking like it was, it was, it was, it was Green Street. Or they, they, I think their dad had maybe had like told a story about something, and they just kind of reworked it into <laughs> yeah. uh, it, 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 into their reality, where they're like, you're like, you are, you are in year five, mate. Like, <laughs> uh, like I saw you crying last week when someone stole your penguin bar. Like it's, you, you're not fighting grown men on the street for your football club. <laughs> Excellent. Year five firms. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Welcome back to Football Clichés. This is Meza Harland Dix with Josh Denzel. Um, we've covered the, the match-going experience in its entirety and in all its nuts and bolts. Um, but this is the fun part, Josh. This is where you get to tell us about your irritations of modern football. Tell us about your first one, please. The announcer's voice at any other ground other than the Emirates. You know, you, you <laughs> any know, other ground. Any other ground. Like any other voice. Like, you know, sometimes you, you feel like they're fraudulent. You're like, who has invited this guy to speak? Because I think maybe because like you grow up and you, you expect to hear this voice. And you know when they announce the goals and the and they've got a different intonation of how they, yeah. they announce player names. And sometimes they only say the first name of a player and they'll be like, oh David and, and you're thinking no, like you're getting it wrong. Like this is this is terrible. It's like you know when you hate like if you hate like a certain style of music. Like say if you really dislike rock music, or whatever, and someone's blaring it loudly, it it gets under your skin. And I'm sat there going, you're, you're ruining my experience in this game. So is the guy at the Emirates just really good at his job, or is you just you're just completely so. familiar with the way he does things, and that's it? You just you can't handle it. I don't like change. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I like I like routine. You know. I don't, <laughs> Like, the guy at the Emirates, he's got the he he's he's got like a Milan Barros. That's the name I always think in his voice. But he's got a really specific voice. So it's it to oh. me, it's it's not that he's that good. It's it, that like Josh, it's like a awful. meal. What are you doing? Yeah, it's a really weird voice. But it's like how if you're you have a meal at home that's just really nice, and then you have it at a restaurant, it's like mm. ah, I know this is better, but it's just different. It's not what I'm used to. It doesn't quite work. And like that Liverpool guy, he's got that really weird sort of like, yeah, he does kind of voice. And I do always find that weird. I love the fact that he's still there because it's like that doesn't sound like uh i'm getting the crowd going but fair play to him um the i realized that there's a kind of the pa announcer equivalent of the modern phenomenon which is kind of teams having to tweet out opposition goals charlie in a very sort of deadpan way but of mm. course that the same applies to pa announcers i i always enjoy sort of goal scorer for leicester number nine jamie vardy <laughs> sometimes they don't do it though <laughs> oh, i really? feel like they, they, yeah they'll just sack it off they're oh, like yeah fair enough. we're not gonna do it but also yeah. the emirates had i think the nadir for this when to try and get a bit of atmosphere, they borrowed what they did at clubs like Bayern Munich, where they would say, like, Maymet, Show, and yeah. they did that with, like, mm. Jill, Berto. I mean, it was awful. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I do remember was, that. We that also was a had, low like, for announcements. Yeah, we also had, like, he just announced, like, the fact that they were going to play, like, uh, Elvis Presley, like, the wonder of you before games, mm. like, to kind of create some sort of club anthem. And it, it just, it weren't, you know, you can't force a club anthem on on. No. on people and fans have been going for years like it doesn't work and it got sad like the introduction of it got sadder and sadder and it was like and this is, <laughs> like you uh, starting your little chance yeah yeah pretty much and it, it would tail off until one day you'd sorry go, Elvis no just, no thanks mate no <laughs> it was just no wonder of you before a game and it was like everyone was like thank god for that Jesus Christ and then it, it, they do the same thing with like the attendance now like you know they used to announce the attendance and like no matter what the stadium looked like it would always be like 60,451 it was like yeah 100% attendance on that point are you an attendance applauder Josh do you applaud the attendance oh, I can't lie to you I, I, I used to like Why? When, the, when, it, when it looked full what are you doing because we had a bigger stadium than Spurs so it was like <laughs> it was like 
it was like a nice little badge of honor. It was like now they've obviously got a bigger stadium, and our stadium's half full. So, and he's like, they now stopped announcing the uh, like the <laughs> because they used to say it was sixty thousand and whatever, and it would be like a few red seats popping about, but it was relatively full. Now there's like swathes of red seats, and he's like, ah, oh, you know what? It'd be too embarrassing to claim that it was full. Charlie, can you imagine the complex thrill of having your car registration read out over the tannoy during oh. a game? I mean, what sort of thoughts must run through your head? Well, this is another thing of like, like as a kid, the badge of honor. I remember my cousin getting his name read out huh. on the, th- oh, and it was like, oh my god, what a legend! Like he's made. What it. happened? And was his wife I, in labour? He, he, he got separated from his mum. I mean, this is genuine. This More is like genuinely it, yeah. like how uncool it actually was. But it was like, <laughs> I can't believe Ed's got read out on the like. That's what every like that and starting a chant is like. What stuff dreams are made of. Oh, Josh, imagine getting the opportunity to to go to your nearest steward exactly yeah yeah that's always something you, you never you, you never want to i don't think you ever really want to be your name called out and go can you see the steward because i mean in those 10 seconds you are panicking but like the best the, the best announcements that i've ever heard is just like when it's like the simple things it's like after a game and say it's like a a west ham it's like west ham or it's a london derby or we're playing palace yeah and they'll be like they'll be like oh note for the crystal palace fans the victoria line is down and everyone go what <laughs> oh, that's always it's a good one. Yeah, super yeah. basic. Yeah. Any way to, to shoehorn kind of Schadenfreude in, Charlie? Any way to sort of rub in some discomfort for some travelling fans? Oh, I mean, even better than that, there was than the Victoria Line. There was. I remember once at a game. Uh, and it was like all trains back to Stoke have been cancelled. <laughs> and you can just imagine a, a London ground. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was either, I think it may have been West Ham or something. But it was just like the the joy. And I mean, how cruel that is. But it was The witty chant curators hilarious. must have been like, like on yeah, their toes. Go. Go, what do you do? Here we go. Quick, yeah, everyone, yeah. quick, think of one. Yeah. Josh, mate, go over here. So anyway, so we asked our listeners for their particular highlights from their PA announcement experiences. But I do want to start with this one first. This is from 2014. It's Radcliffe Borough versus Lancaster City in the Evo Stick Division 1 North. Now, sounds sounds like a, you know, already a tinderbox situation already, (laughs) Charlie. But then things escalated when some fans and players from local rivals Ramsbottom United turned up. And uh, the PA announced had a real job on his hands, let's put it that way. All those spectators from Ramsbottom and the supporters from Lancaster. Thank you for disgracing the Radcliffe Borough today. Hey, the, the Ramsbottom players! Uh, players, thank you. All players from Lancaster, supporters from Lancaster and Ramsbottom United, thank you for upsetting our day out here today. Please stop it. Please stop it. You're right and make a right spectacle of yourself. It is becoming embarrassing watching this grown men. Please, Lancaster City supporters, make your way back into the top end of the ground and I'd appreciate it if all the Ramsbottom supporters and players and the Andy officials, please leave the ground. It's a public safety announcement, lads, come on. Josh, is there any part of that that isn't isn't just just fantastic? Spectacle, I think, is is, is, is the best bit. Is is what is one of my favourite bits, and it's just a disappointment in his voice. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, he sounds genuinely gutted. He's genuinely gutted, and I think. I don't know what you'd always think that, like, you know, when announcers talk, they, they should be in like a monotone, like non-emotional way of saying things. That's, that's just how it should be. So when you hear them have any emotion, you're like, oh, God, stop it. Like, just <laughs> set them to piss off. Like, but I don't know. How, how did that even happen? That is, that's worrying. The players come on to fight the, the other players. I don't know what's going on there. there was, it was a lot of mishmash of things going on. But yeah, Charlie, worrying scenes for the security in the mid-2010s for the Evo Stick Division 1 North. The passive aggression and also just how helpless and powerless he is. His <laughs> <As laughs> mates nearby that, sort of directing him towards the information, which I kind of, kind of helped. So an yeah, ensemble as if, effort, yeah. Really as if good. that will shift the dial. But mm. yeah, may, maybe that is what they'll respond to. I'm, I'm starting to think I quite want this job. But um, maybe after we go through the, this half dozen anecdotes, you might feel differently. Um, this covers the entire cross-section of this phenomenon. I'm going to start with Chris Adams. He says, The PA at Altrincham versus Yeovil last season was on fire. He says, Those of you expecting half-time music can't have it as the laptop is currently updating. Nice, nice, <laughs> a nice tin pot start to this, Josh. 
it's 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 weird. Like the whole music and entertainment thing at, at, at halftime is is strange. I find anyway. But it's just like like saying like, look, you, look, those of you who come here for the music, those of you who come here for my DJ set, like. You sorely, sorely disappointed. My DJ set is a brilliant way of describing. I'd love for someone to be that, and there probably are lots who would consider it that. You've only come for the DJ set, (laughs) Charlie. This is from Dan Brown. Um, This is this is where sort of rivalries start to sort of bleed into this situation. Tranmere PA announcer Richie Tierney was briefly removed in the late nineties after an ill-tempered FA Cup tie between then Division One Rovers and Premiership QPR after ending his announcement with see you here again next season, which relegation threatened Rangers didn't take well. That's, that's quite funny, actually. <laughs> that's not that's not incendiary, is it? That's fine. Wasn't there a thing when Charlton relegated Crystal Palace on the last game of the 2004-2005 season? And I don't know if it was the announcer, but there was something that they did to rub it in that left a lot of bad blood between those two not clubs. Not a classy touch. Not a No, the opposite. Speaking of, of Tim Pot situations, Josh, this is from Puro Puri Podcast. He says, at my local non-league team, the wonderful PA man announced the match sponsor, a local law firm, by saying, if you end up in jail, they'll try and get you out. They can't promise out, but they'll do their best. <laughs> what a ringing endorsement. You think, how much have they paid for that? I mean, I yeah. <laughs> I think that wasn't in the script. What the kind of numbers are at that level to, to sponsor a, an announcement. We're we talking, what, 20 quid? I'd love to know. Really yeah, because they used to be, I don't know if they still have, I remember going to games, like low league games as a kid, and they you could sponsor a player, I think, for the season. Like all the players would have like a local business that sponsored them. But they didn't, re- yeah, they didn't reveal the uh, the figures. I don't think. Um, I think next time I promote anything, I'll just be like, it's half decent. To be fair, like, I wouldn't use it, but you know, you give it a go, it might. Work. If you're desperate, <laughs> if, if your other options fall through, well, we'll do his best, um, and that's all you can ask. These next two might change your mind one way or the other. Um, Charlie, we've heard of the ultimate indignity for a player, which is a, a sub being subbed off. I guess this is the uh, PA announcer equivalent from Mike Bailey. He says, on a personal note, I was struggling so much on the PA during a non-league cup game, announcing incorrect goal scorers, mispronouncing names, that I was subbed off at half-time. <laughs> An indignation I've never lived down. <laughs> Jesus. It's like getting like a like a different ref in or something. That's awful. What? It's like, like the idea of the second half, tapping mate. on the shoulder. Like, yeah, can you take five? We're, we're rolling <laughs> subs, so you'll come back on. But just, yeah, <laughs> yeah can yeah. you give us five? We'll, we'll get you back on. We'll get you back on. <laughs> the idea from this story that also um, rang a bell in my mind is that... Um, Every game, there's a guy set again waiting to be called upon just in case the PA guy goes down or fourth you know. official, like the seventh official, where he comes up, twenty seventh <laughs> official. That's right. Yeah, the understudy for yeah, to be that is uh, a strange role. Right. Let's let's round it off with this one from Adam WH. Genuinely fantastic. He says a friend brought a date to an away game at Wigan. <laughs> this is already a great story. <laughs> what a place. My friend brought a date to an away game at Wigan in the early 2000s. They met through a questionable online dating site at the time. Another friend called to request an announcement that his fictional wife had gone into labour, which they duly relayed over the tunnel. Oh. I actually think in the, in the grand pantheon of banter, Josh... This is the greatest thing that has ever happened. I, it's that flawless. Is incredible. It's immaculate. That is, I'm going to steal that. I feel like I, I'm going I'm to steal that with someone. Also, you bring a date from a questionable date in that to an away date, Wigan. Like, is that, you're like, oh, babe, yep, cool. No, forget the roses, forget the flowers, forget the nice dinner. You're going to get a chicken tikka pie. <laughs> Wigan away. It's, it's like the, the worst JJB. date ever. Also, quick thinking from whoever, like, to have done that, to have got wind that this guy was bringing his date and then make the necessary calls and things. That's fair play to them. No, that's incredible. Mike Bailey clarifies, um, he says this was at Wingate and Finchley in the Isthmian League. So uh, he won't be a PA announcing at that level anytime soon. My Sorry, mate Mike. used to play for them. I'm going to ask him if you, how long ago this was. If he remembers a particularly bad PA. <laughs> it, was, it was a goal-mouth scramble, he says, in his defence. It was a goal-mouth scramble. He couldn't pick out who scored. I have huge sympathy. Less sympathy, though, for your next selection, for your irritations of football, Josh. Mm. Mm. Turf more. 
What? Turf Moor. One you can't just pick worst... Turf Moor. No, it's one of the worst grounds I have ever been to. First of all, the journey there from London is appalling. Right. Been there twice. Once in December, mid-December. And it's partly my fault. Okay, it's partly my fault. We went on the coach. Okay, and I was like, I was thinking, I wonder what Burnley's like. You know, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't that well-traveled at this point. I'm thinking, mate, you know, little c- countryside player. I, I don't know. I get to Burnley. I'm thinking, wow, this is this isn't this town isn't really ideal. Get there, and I'm wearing these these Converse's, and it was a Converse that were for some reason it was all the race and they were see-through they were basically like a, a see-through convert and whatever socks you wore you could see underneath but they were super thin and they, they I, I got these new Ralph socks on I'm like, I've got the blue Ralph socks on and, and I've got the see-through but then the warmth wasn't there and not mm. only do you get into the ground and you're thinking maybe I'll warm up in the concourse the concourse is absolutely shocking there was like one of those old bubble TVs sat on a wall about 10 feet up plugged in and they didn't have the subscription to Sky. So you couldn't see anything else that was going on with any of the other games. They were playing like Friends reruns, right? It was, so you, it was, you are spoiled in your see-through yeah. converse expecting Sky subscription. This is that your Josh, typical you, Londoner bowling up like, what's happening? You are what Bur- Be- uh, Burnley fans like put up in the dressing room. You are everything. You know when they boo like Arsenal all of that and it's like, <laughs> oh, these metropolitan, they come, they, yeah, they come up. It is you, you with I'll, your... I'll, I'll happily take and the, your converses and, the, and you think it's okay you know what whatever like i'll just enjoy the game and it was a game i think it was the first game where bentner wore pink boots and it was in a carling cup and i'm thinking this is this is not going to go well i think we had carlos vela and bentner up top and you go to sit down and it's not a seat it's not even a plastic seat it's a wooden bench right with this really thin like wooden backrest splint i had splinters up my ass for the for, did you bring a rattle <laughs> I should have bought a route and a 1940s broadsheet. That's how I felt. It was terrible. Honestly, it was coldest night. We, we, we lost 1-0. It was splinters in my got on the coach six hours on the way back. The coach had run out of uh, hot chocolates. I, there, was, there, was no, oh, there was nothing man. good about Burnley. Oh. Nothing good. It wasn't even God, full. I, the stadium they didn't even fill it. I, I think I can top that recent went up there for um the tottenham game to cover the tottenham burnley game and it took the first the first round was cancelled all of that then you, you're having to tre- change i got to i got as far as preston get out and it's like such heavy snow the coaches aren't going to get me to the game on time so i have to get a cab drives me there in the snow and as i get there sort of navigate the snow get into the seat in the press box freezing cold get told the game has been postponed so at that point have basically traveled five i think it's about five hours there for a game that didn't happen and then yeah you didn't so, get to go to surf more that's unbelievable you take that as a win that's a, that's a I had, no, I did. I got in. I was in. <laughs> I got as far. I got in. Literally got up to the press seats and was basically told, "Yeah, game's off." I was like, "Okay, cool." Just sitting there I'm watching reruns of Friends. It depends it what was... series. I mean, you know, series seven, yeah, eight. Well, you're laughing. It's fine. No, no, I'd be devastated with that. You want one to three, surely. Seven A, it's on the t- well on the turn. Anyway, I'm joined by the Metropolitan Elite here for uh, Meza <laughs> Harlan Dix, and anyway, no, I'm going to stick up. I'm going to stick up for Fortress Turf Moor here because no, where do we start? Okay, well, Charlie, what? Turf Moor is a great name for a stadium. It's a good name for a stadium. It is a good name, and I, I will say there is a like once you're in there, and if the game's not called off, the view is amazing. You've got this really lovely view from up high. Mm. Um, it's like a yeah, I do. I do really like it from that. It's more just when you get there and the game's called off. That's when. That's when I've got the issue. But it is also that. hard to get to. I don't care about your journeys. This is not interested me. I'm interested in the nuts and bolts of Premier League stadiums. Right, Turf Moor, great name. It oozes kind of pre-Premier League tradition. You know, all the wooden seats and stuff like that. Splinters in your ass. It sounds a bit pro Evo to give it a nice little modern could be made tinge. Up. You know, it could be made up. But crucially, it's um, it's clinging on to a really old tradition that you know your bowl-shaped Emirates. You know, Lego stadiums yeah, yeah. just aren't gonna aren't gonna have anymore. Which is all four stands are named after all the right things. It's absolutely nailed it. Let me run you through it. The big main stand is the James Hargreaves stand. That's a local plumbing company. Box ticked. <laughs> the other stand behind the goal, Jimmy McElroy stand, one of their greatest players. Another box ticked. Other touchline stand is the Bob Lord stand. Old chairman had such a massive ego he named it after himself. Another Smart box man. ticked. And then the other stand behind the other goal, the cricket field stand. So named after something that's behind it. That's the recipe for a football stadium. That's how football stadium stands should be named. They've absolutely smashed it. Perfect. They've got that pub as well on the way with like Sean Dyche as Henry VIII and mm. things like that. I mean, lo- lots of nice touches. Um, yeah. 
no, just no, uh, no, not for me. Give me I'm, I, I'll, I'll happily say that I'll, I'll, I'll join the prawn sandwich brigade. I'd, ra- I'd rather be on that side of the fence than on on. I mean, if I go to non-league, happy days. But I reckon whatever plumbing company sponsored that stand probably paid less than they paid for that announcement in the non-league round. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not worth a penny. It's not worth a penny. I, re- I refuse to be shaken on my opinion. How dare you? CW has written in to point something out. Um, these this, this concept can become blurred. He says, um, if some of these things are combined, they become rather unacceptable. See Blackpool and the Price Busters Matthews stand, Charlie. That's... <laughs> That's that's not that's not Ooh. no that's that's not no. that's not respectful at all is it to price buses <laughs> on other sort of stand naming conventions Josh Basti has pointed out something I never even considered and now now he said it it's blown my mind he says on things to name a stand after why are there so many stands named the East Stand than there are the West North and South what is it about East Stands can you possibly shed light on this you you're well travelled you must know I feel like when you can't when you can't get a sponsor for something you know whether it's the, whether it's the JJB or the Sports Direct or the Emirates you just call it call it the East Stand. Yeah, you know I mean, until 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 someone decides to come in and pay you a little bit of money for it, like it it, it seems simple. It seems simple, but I I really don't know why. Like it's the East Stand always it seems to be like the lesser of all the stands as well. Like I always feel like the West Stand's the one with the dugout. Yeah, you know I mean, and, and and you get either end, which are like right, cool, sweet. We've either got the away fans in there, and you're a little bit rowdy, or or like you're you are the end. Whereas like the East Stand is like the the, the younger rubbish little brother. That, that you don't really want to hang around with. Like, I remember at Arsenal, like, you used to go, like, everyone would go, we're the West and we're the West and always we're the clock end. And then you get to the East End, it'd be like, we're the East It's not, you know I mean? I feel like that's where, that's where all the boxes are. That's where, like, that's where, like, the brigade go that maybe don't go every single week or, the, or they go for the wine and the, and the prawn sandwiches. <laughs> But for the for the East Stand Ultras, uh, Ellen Road is they've got that massive East Stand, haven't they? Yeah. kind of uh, what is it about East Stands? Don't know. I'm, I should have got a little spread. If I had time, I would have done the spreadsheet and figured it out which compass point is the most popular. Um, but I tell you what is tell you what is sort of fading from view, Charlie, in the Premier League era is like at least one part of a, of a stand at a Premier League stadium being having sort of a weird little terrifying name. Like there, there was the Chicken Run. Upton mm. Park and Ayrson Park. Um, the cow shed apparently is behind the goal at Tranmere's Prenton Park, which is very quaint. But I'll tell you one I didn't know. At Carrow Road, they had the snake pit. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> of I'm all sorry. the clubs to have a snake pit. Yeah. <laughs> the least scary Premier League club, with all due respect. Perhaps with lots of respect, who knows? The snake the pit l- does not belong at Carrow Road. The least snaky mm. uh Kind of club, yeah. I mean, yeah. presumably that's a kind of self-professed like no away fans have given it that nickname. Surely, mm. Mm. imagine that. Ever been beaten up by Norwich fans? Please write in. <laughs> oh, where'd you get done? Oh, down in the snake pit. Forget <laughs> 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 <Get> it. <laughs> Okay, so at least we've shif- we've shifted the patronising over from Burnley to Norwich now, so hopefully we're safe. We've offended it's, more than one fan base. Exactly, yeah. yeah we've we've even it out. It's, it's fine. This it, it, is all on Josh anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on guys, I'm Josh Denzel and over the last six years I've worked with some of the biggest names on social such as the Lad Bible, I've worked with the NFL, the NBA, the England football team and many more and I'll be taking you through a step-by-step process on how to become the best presenter you can possibly be. Welcome to the social stage. A lot of celebrities hate interviews. You have to be you, you have to emphasise your personality. to your ears by the athletic this is football cliches josh let's round things off with your third and final irritation of football please wembley way you spend <laughs> a billion pounds on a stadium it's like eight years late and you funnel the entire population of the stadium through one it's it's like a trough it's like you know how the, you know you, you 
herd cows to the slaughterhouse. Mm. That's it. And don't get me started if it's raining, right? And for some reason, there's like traffic lights. There's like police on horses as traffic lights stopping you get to where you need to go. Even if you don't want to go to the station, <laughs> they stop you for half an hour. It takes an hour to get from the actual stadium mm. down to Wembley Park. It. I, I don't I don't understand. Whoever the designers are, they, they're probably the same people that designed that weird like scaffolding-like thing outside of the uh, the Olympic Stadium that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Who thought of this? Who thought that would be a good idea? That like you can't, and not only that, they don't separate the fans. So you've got like a big rival. I remember there was Arsenal-Chelsea FA Cup semi-final. Mm. And it's like, they, they spend thousands and thousands of, like, tens of thousands of pounds policing this thing, separating the fans, having their own fan zones. And then they go, oh, by the way, after the game, when you're probably <laughs> most rattled, you're most stressed, we'll just throw you all together and keep mm. you there. And it's, it, it makes no sense. Josh, you are right from a policing perspective. You're right from a convenience perspective. But uh, you've ignored two things here. First of all, don't forget that little picture you can take at the top of the stairs at Wembley Park. So so there's that. And also, you know, this has been around for 99 years, Wembley Way. This is a tradition. It's Wembley Way. It's Wembley Way. I've got nothing else to say. It's the iconic Wembley Way. It's Wembley Way. They, they would the describe Wembley it Arch, as... yeah, I'll take the arch, okay? I'll, I'll take the towers, yeah. Wembley Way. And not at least put some good stuff on it. The only half-decent thing is a box park. Like, the rest of it's completely rubbish. Where are the toilets? Where are the toilets? Right, so not only have you got to wait an hour to get to the tube, which is going to spend another half hour on the platform and then another hour to where you want to go, right? And by that point, you're thinking, I'm, I'm going to have to piss in a pint glass. Like it is, it, you're surrounded by rival fans, right? And the police have, have no, it's like they've never been to a football game before. They don't understand. They're like, oh, you, 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 got, you speak to that nice West Ham fan over there who, who's been trying to take your head off for the last 90 minutes. Oh, don't, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. No, I refuse. God forbid the one person has brought an umbrella to a football ground. They spent 16 hours right, <laughs> trying to put it in some sort of safe haven because you can't take it in the ground. And then it gets robbed off them after two minutes by you know, a group of lads who think, ah, forget that, that's mine. Oh, no, I, I hate Wembley Way. I hate oh, the it. The illusion of Wembley Way shattered. Jolly, I can't believe we've had to wait 129 episodes of this podcast for someone to ask the important question, where are the toilets? <laughs> it's important. <laughs> One of the crucial questions to humanity, I think. Charlie, come on, stick up for Wembley Way here as, as a concept, if not as a practical well, I thoroughfare. Do, I'm sort of with Josh on this, I have to say. It, it does feel like one of those things that because it's labelled iconic and mm. tradition and all of mm. that, we can kind of hide behind that when it's like, is it really that Just great a, a tradition, like walking through this Big thoroughfare? Pavement. Josh, presumably, were you there on the, on the day of the Euro 2020 final? Can you sum yeah. up the scenes, <laughs> if you could? Oh, I don't... You know what? It was one of the strangest, wildest experiences I've I've, I've ever had in my life because I'd, we'd done a show. We were doing Lions Den and we'd done one from, like it was like a rooftop just looking over Wembley. It was one of the ones we did outside of St. George's Park. And that was about eight o'clock in the morning. And we'd, 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 we'd finished up about 9.30. Yep. And as I walk out, it's sunshine and it's fantastic. The group of lads come up to me and goes, oh, Josh, you fancy a lime? And I said, I said, oh, I said, look to my wife, I said, what are you talking about? Is it eight in the morning? I go, First of all, I don't do drugs. First of all, I don't do caveat, right? Good clarity. Good clarity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too early, Secondly, but also I don't do them. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, it's eight in the morning. And I, I said to him, I said, boy, you, you're going to be struggling come, what, it's like seven o'clock kickoff. I said, you, you, you're going to be like, no, nah, we'll, we'll power through, we'll power through. I said, okay, This fine. is the point I was making at the very start of this. Yeah, go 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 to Starbucks, get a coffee. I think I'm going to go meet some pals and we might have a little bit of lunch. By the time I finish my lunch, it was carnage. Like when I say I've got a video on my phone, I, like, and it's I was walking down the street, and I, I don't know, I see this flare go off. I thought, oh, interesting, there's some flares. I, I, I look at where the flare's coming from, and it's stuck between a man's ass cheeks who's doing a hey, handstand. You saw it live. You were there. I saw it live. I saw it live. I go to, I go, I go. Oh my, I got, I got to get out of here because it's, it's, it's getting a bit much. You and because of obviously history, I've done the line, Josh. I witnessed history. It was. It was one of those things you think, I hope I never have to see it again, but it was nice. It, it was but just also, it was a moment. And I was there moment. Oh, yeah. Sick. And then we go, <laughs> I, I look up and I'm thinking, I'm trying to find my friends. I'm, I'm look up and there's a Lidl or there's like, there's like an Audi or a Lidl right next to the box park on Wembley Way. And there's a naked man on the roof of the Lidl <laughs> starting chance by himself. No one is joining in. Oh, and he's just there. <laughs> and I think this, this was 1230. <laughs> you've got seven hours until kickoff and I think this this I, I don't know how I'm going to survive and, I, and usually it was like Box Park is like the, the home of scenes and da 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 and you got on Wembley Way and 
I don't think, maybe 10% of the people that had a ticket, 10% of the people had a ticket. And obviously it, it caused a few problems when, when it came to the game, but I go into Box Park and I'm with like Jack Grealish's friends. It's like all the friends and family and we're drinking and we're thinking it's quite rowdy in there. And then you turn around and there's England fans having bite, there's snake bite going everywhere. And it was, it was the busiest I've ever seen Wembley way. But then again, the toilet problem came in. No, I said no, it. Here we go again. I said it. Those here trees we on Wembley way are all dead. I am sure of it. <laughs> I've not been back since, but they're withered and dying. They've been poisoned. It was, it was, it was insanity. Well, this is modern football for you. I mean, I long, Josh. I mean, I'm old. I long for the days of 2018 when you could just throw your pint in the air and that would be it. You know, that would be the extent of it. But um, no, I, I don't want to dwell too much. I don't want. I don't want to end this podcast on the on the horrendous apocalyptic scenes at Wembley because you mentioned your Lions Den duties with the England squad, and throughout the kind of month of the Euros, there was this kind of growing narrative that the this was the most likable England squad we'd ever heard, and I I kind of understood it. Then I got a bit sick of it. Genuinely got sick of hearing it because it felt like a kind of PR campaign. And then right towards the end. You interviewed Luke Shaw on the Lions Den, and you asked him yeah. about Bukayo Saka, and this was my <laughs> this was my genuine, personal, heartfelt highlight hmm. of the off-field Euros. Seeing someone like Bukayo, and you called him like your little brother on 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 Instagram posts, you came over and said, "Listen, we love him. Like everyone loves him. How nice is it to see someone like that come in and thrive in a squad like this?" Honestly, man, I love him. <laughs> I can see his. I just love it if he was like my child or something. Honestly, I love him like that. He's. <laughs> I feel like you could ask anyone in the squad and everyone would say the same thing out. What a, what a good guy he honestly is. Yeah. He's... This is wonderful. This is just, just, I mean, I'm not saying this is particularly revelatory or anything, but this is the sort of tone and the sort of demeanour that you don't, you're not, most of us don't get to see from a footballer. And I'm not, I'm not saying you paxmaned it out of him or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely moment is what I'm like saying. Like Frost Nixon, that interview. <laughs> Do you know what? It was like being there... And I, I, I'm I'm lucky enough to like know a lot of the boys outside of football, and you see a certain side of them. But then when I think when it's like that mentality when you're all together and there's like there's not nothing else to do. You're all part of this 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 group and and this you, you, this one movement. Do you know what mm. I mean? There's one goal. Yeah. And like you get people from you forget like footballers are people, right? And they're probably, they're as emotional, if not more emotional, than all of us, especially about the game and and their, and their teammates. So. But like, I knew that, that everyone like kind of was getting on with each other and you get to see like different relationships growing. But like Luke Shaw and Bukayo Saka, like completely different age groups, like completely different backgrounds. You like these, the bonds that you create, it's like you go on holiday with your mates. And after that holiday, you know, when you're a kid and you go on holiday and you like, you're literally in tears when you've got to leave and you're like, oh, I'm never going to see my mm, best mate again. Yeah. It's like that, but for a month and they knew each other before. And it's, it's like, right, yeah, still have Mykonos, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it was like that; those genuine, they're like genuine relations. But I feel like a lot of footballers are like, you, you know, like you speak to, to, to a lot of footballers and it's like, they, they are like, they're, they're normal people. You just never get to see that side of them because for whatever reason, that over the last however many years, like, they're a little bit media shy and yeah. they're, they're a little bit worried about maybe saying the wrong thing and opening up to people and, and for fear of backlash for, for whatever. Oh, mate, you can't like him. He plays for Spurs. But mm. that's kind of, that, that's kind of gone now. We see more from, from like the personalities of players. They, they've got their own Instagram channels. They've got their own social media where they're allowed to be themselves a lot more than they were 10, 15 years ago. And like, I remember, like, I don't think this would have happened under a, a different gaffer in terms of like the access that you get. And it's just, yeah. I did, I just give them the tools to be who they are. And, and show people what they're like as people yeah. rather than I didn't I didn't get anything, you know, extra out of them. I just I just gave them a platform this to This is how I feel. This to, is how to, I feel to, right to now. Beat up. <laughs> no, but Josh, I think you're doing yourself down a bit there as well because you can see how comfortable they are with you and that makes a massive difference. Like I, I often say this to to people when they say to me, Oh yeah, football is boring, whatever. It's like you're you're asking that you're putting them often in this really artificial environment, this really weird environment where they're talking to people often like loads older than them, they might not be able to relate to them so much. And is it that much of a surprise that then they're kind of, you know, sometimes a little bit closed off? It's such a it just doesn't feel real, whereas this felt a lot more natural. And you can see, like even like in that interview, there he's he's relaxed and he's just you know he's just chatting away. And that's the I think that's the that's what I tried to do. You know, I, mean, I think the worst thing about 
people is expect like after a game you've just you just won two one your mates are celebrating in the uh, in the changing rooms and you're doing you and you you see it after games you're doing be in sports you're doing sky mm. you're doing beating you're doing whatever like they don't like they don't necessarily want to be there you wouldn't want to be there if you just at five o's if you've just scored and your mates are going down the pub right and you like you've, you've won the, the five o's world championships whatever you don't want to spend an hour talking to people that you don't know like mm. you're not going to give them all of you they're not you're not going to you're not going to yeah. get the, the the great stuff out of them and you i just want to get like, it done don't you you, just, you want to get it done and go and that's and that's what you get and like there's that misconception it's like, oh, he got loads of money he can never be upset he don't care about the club as much as me it's like believe me like if you play for a football club you know that your your love for that club is deeper than a lot of the fans because that that's they're your friends that are playing you're playing for your friends you're playing for your manager like it's it's it, it, it runs deep and i think people often forget that and it's like the, these lot are, are, are good friends and i think maybe that's the difference this generation is they're also friends off the field before they get to england rather than right we hate you because you know mm. you're, you're you play for united you play for city i play for arsenal there's that that's gone now you know what i mean and it's like obviously not everyone gets on like not everyone's best pals but those bonds and relationships that I saw grow was, was, it was incredible. I didn't even see them grow. You know, I saw them from what they were yeah. and we just got a chance to, to tell the guys at home what was really going on. Well, I mean, I've just got this image in my head now of Luke Shaw as Bukayo Saka's kind of stepdad. Uh, <laughs> just wonderful dynamic. Anyway, he's, he sounded genuinely enamoured by him and that was the perfect thing. Anyway, we've covered so much today. We've covered the art of hugging random strangers. <laughs> we've, we've covered the various um, unacceptable intonations of PA announcers in the Premier League and elsewhere. Uh, the naming conventions of, of Turf Moor and sticking up for Turf Moor as well, <laughs> Josh. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And uh, the apocalyptic landscape that was Wembley Way. Thanks so much for joining us, Josh. This has been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. No, it's been a, it's been a delight. Although I, I still stand by my Turf Moor, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my Turf Moor hate. I'll, I'll, that will never change. Look forward to seeing you on Soccer Saturday next season, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've what? got the tenor on. on. Put a bit of money on. You, you, you do well by me. Charlie, thanks to you, mate. Thank you. No, thanks, Josh. That was really, really great. And we'll Thank see everybody bro. next week. Cheerio. The Athletic.